This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is back. First edition of 2023, and we wanted to start big (laughs) with Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston. Chris, I... The Celtics won Thursday night in impressive fashion. I hate to, to, to start this on a downer, Ooh. but I wanted to give you a little bit of time, you know, a couple of weeks to yeah. collect yourself here with the revelation that uh, the best center on the Boston Celtics is is not starting right now still <laughs> and may not for the rest of the season. Ever. So I, I wanted to, I, I didn't want to like spring this on you. And I hate mm. to, again, start on a downer here, but I, I do think, we should get the tough stuff out of the way here off the top. Sure. Your, uh, your impressions of this situation. So first off, there's been a lot of calls for, uh, is Joe Missoula the right guy for this job? <laughs> and I think as good as he has been, this is one blind spot that has persisted. And I do think we need to uh, talk about the, the elephant in the room. And uh, yeah, no, like, look, uh, the numbers with that group have been very good. I think honestly, and I don't know why Joe doesn't just kind of come out and stress this. And it really just boils down to if Rob's on this minute restriction, which he, which only Damon Stoudemire evidently will acknowledge, yeah, then you can't really start him because it, it it gets a little bit cumbersome. And but you know sometimes I do wonder if Joe is just sort of doing the Brad, where there were moments where Brad was like, I know more about basketball than you do, and as much as you guys think I should be doing this, we're gonna stick with what works. So I think they'll eventually get back to it. But sometimes I don't know. I th- even if they just picked their spots for a little while, like I thought it was pretty unacceptable that they trotted out a small ball lineup against Denver and got immediately punished for it. Um, but yet against Luca and the undersized Mavs, like that was fine. Derek White was your best rim protector in that game. So uh, go go figure. Yeah, it is. And you bring up a good point in terms of the, the minute restriction still being there, but not referenced and can we understand why that is like why does it i mean it's to to make rob it's you want to hurt feelings or something like that i don't know but i guess the bottom line is at this point though is like you joe mazula perhaps rightfully so thinks the celtics are best when al horford and rob williams are playing 48 minutes at center and if that's the case then you can't start rob exactly and you know and, and again maybe it's as simple as he, he can come up with a stagger plan that limits how much you got to lean on like Grant at the five or like whatever the case may be, or Luke for a few minutes, but you need Rob to be able to play 30 minutes. And maybe they're just, I don't know. Maybe they just, maybe they never get there. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how they probably shouldn't during the regular season. Like, right. Like I, 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 and I don't begrudge that. Like if, if the ultimate goal is to keep Rob upright, like I get it and that's fine. And then again, the numbers are off the charts with, with Derek white. I just think, and because right now, like, what are we going to learn over the next three months? So, I mean, the we know the Celtics are really good. We know that when they're engaged and play to their capabilities like they did against uh, Dallas, that they're a- among the elite and can be good on both ends. 
But I do think you just need to start figuring out small things. Like, what does this rotation look like when you get to the playoffs? Like, how is this going to work? Are you leading on eight guys? Are you leading on nine? You know, what are what is your starting lineup? Is that it, it, will you vary it? Will we can just like I mean, for years we've heard the Celtics say, you know, well, we don't we we might situational or whatever. I don't know if that works, but um, maybe it does. Maybe you have to be flexible like that. Maybe there are Derek White games and Derek White series and Robert Williams series. But uh, I just want to see that group together for more than the 31 minutes, at, like or the 31 minutes with him and Al, you know, something even more criminally low with the starters. So uh, I just want to see it. It was really good last year. Um, you know, if, if anyone's like worried that it might not work this year, I don't understand the hesitation. If it kicked ass last year, it's probably going to kick ass this year. And uh, your bench is even better. And maybe Derek White brings them some more stability to that group. So my long-winded way of saying, yes, it hurts me quite a lot that Rob Williams is not in the starting lineup yet. But uh, I understand it. I mean, if the Celtics didn't win on Thursday night, handling oh, in Dallas. Oh, my I think goodness. The calls, the calls, I mean, this will, and this I think will transition to, I think, just some role-player talk, which I think is deserved, was should Rob Williams just be starting over Al Horford? in terms yeah, of like, it, like and, and that's interesting i don't know how i feel about that either you know like, like that would be a conversation you know, i agree i agree with you in terms of not sure but that's like stuff like that would have been thrown out there i feel like i i think just in general one of the things that i felt before thursday night is that the celtics have lacked energy out of the gates in both the and really more so this third quarter than the first but in general i don't think they've started games as good as obviously during their tirade at the start of the season when they were destroying everybody and i think just rob gives you energy like you just have a different bounce and a different pizzazz when you're out there with him and that's just not that's not just me like fawning over him they just you know there's he's just so eager to get rid of that ball and move and get transition like good things happen so uh i just think he needs to be with that group in whatever form or or way just because i think it promotes better basketball it does and that's when the Celtics played their best, best basketball on Thursday night when it was Rob out there of Tatum and the rest of that bench unit. And, and and again, like Derek White was really, really good. And I think he Derek was. White will play a huge role no matter whether he's starting or coming off the bench. And, I, and if you're like, and, and I get what you're saying, like to me, Derek White is, I was, I don't know, would, would it be fair to say Derek White has been more impactful than Al Horford this year? Ooh, Yes. Because I think right? he's like, been, yeah. It, by, it feels somewhat criminal because they it's so different in the way they impact. And like Al has had moments where he's been really good. And I think you need him just for that steady defensive presence on the back line. And yet, like, if you told me that you wanted to move Rob in and then limit Al's minutes as a reserve, like, I totally get that. If you think like Derek just goes to the bench, but still plays a huge role, like whatever it has to be. Like, the, again, that's why Joe Missoula is coach. And you got to make tough decisions and you got to figure that out. And uh Hopefully he gets it right. All right. So let's, and it's, again, all these guys are benefiting from us recording this on Friday as opposed to Wednesday. In terms of the discussion I, I, of the, I recorded a podcast on, on Wednesday and it was not nearly as sunshine and puppy <laughs> yes. dogs as, even though we started on a, on a, on a somber note, a fun, a fun one with Tim McMahon, but be sure to check that out. Um, <laughs> even after the fact, but the second unit, the bench, hot garbage hot garbage for almost a a good month here and then they all woke up joe mazula apparently called them out thursday uh rightfully so but ahead of this mavericks game and then grant williams malcolm brogdon isn't it interesting to you that that the only time 
people respond is is when they get called out. Like Joe didn't call them out three games ago when they were right. hot garbage. Like I I, I love the storyline and everything, but it's just like here's the bottom line: they've sucked for a month and they didn't suck on Thursday. But that doesn't mean they're going to not suck on Saturday. So uh, yeah. I'm eager. It is weird that everybody sort of busted out at the same time. Like I, it was almost as if when I forget who hit the first one, but like maybe say Sam hit one and then Grant did the crazy. Charles Barkley spin move and made threes and offset it just sort of snowballed. I, I do, I guess that's my big worry as we into the, the is sometimes overly reliant on shot making to fuel their confidence. And so on a night like this, where those guys are making shots, it, everything seems breezy, but I think we know, especially in the playoffs and especially on the road in the playoffs, it's going to be a little bit more difficult with those shots. Are you are you are you feeling any better based on Thursday, or do you just like not take the bait quite yet? You got to feel a little bit better. I mean, and let's let's be honest: the, the Brad Stevens motivation trade before that <laughs> night, the sending sending Noah Vonley packing, yeah, uh, which was uh, I'm thinking about a move. Thinking about a move, <laughs> opening that roster spot up, guys. The bench might not be as uh, settled after all, and for that is clearly this is a move that was made primarily really for money reasons and obviously yeah. for flexibility for the trade down the road. No, no, no. Um, My Twitter mentions say it's so Carmelo Anthony. Can no, it's Carmelo. Yeah, so opening. Demarcus Cousins <laughs> is coming in for a workout um, this week, but no, it is, uh, you know, for the first one of the season, I was like, Oh yeah, don't touch the bench. Like right. this year, nothing's going to, they don't need anything. Everything's perfect. And now you, you see the last month here. No, a one game does not settle the last month here because when you look at the bigger sample size, it's like, yeah, they were, they shot out of their mind for a month, but then they were hot garbage for a month. Where yeah. and so you you get the meat so of that. If, if it levels off, is that enough? I think no. I think you need to have Ooh. alternatives in place. To this is spicy. No, I mean I don't think you need to do anything crazy. Like you're not taking anything away from the bench, right? Maybe perhaps if the right deal came along, you would obviously entertain moving Pritchard with like a pick and mm-hmm. a deal. If, but no, I think the situation is. I want a an alternative or more veteran alternative to Sam Hauser in certain spots or a more defensive mind alternative to him. Sure. And I think that is. And then with the inconsistency that you get from Derek White and with honestly how bad Malcolm Brogdon has looked at times defensively this year, where right. if he just doesn't have in a game like you need to, you know, I think you need to hop off that train quickly when the playoffs roll around, because um, when he has it going, it's great, obviously. But when he, when he doesn't, it, it can be a real drag on your your play on the other end of the floor right and that's where joe's got to be quick like if, if, if there there you have the depth you you've created this season should you know maximize those opportunities where okay player x doesn't have it i need to lean on something else i guess that's what was disappointing about the oklahoma city game and like i don't think there was any salvaging in it i mean like nobody was engaged in that game well i was a little surprised i didn't go to pritchard earlier yeah. i don't know if pritchard would have done anything but i mean we had a sample back in November where you put him in there and it, and it changed things. So, uh, and I don't, and, and again, because just because he went in and scored a bunch of points at the end of that game, I'm, it's not like I thought he was going to be a savior. I think Joe realized probably pretty early, like none of these guys have it and we're just going to like send them. a message. Like, Hey, yeah. Like, and, and that's the bigger point. It's like, just, just show that it's not acceptable and, you know, put those guys in there and be like, look, if you're, if you're just not going to try, we're not going to play you. And I do think you need to be firm in uh those instances but so on the bench i actually thought like eddie house brought up a good point about this and and i and something i hadn't really thought about but you know he was talking about people now like we were talking about how people are grumbling for for a move 
And he said, the one thing you got to be trade kind of cautiously with is, is just the chemistry of, of the group, right? Like yeah. those guys really like each other. And I don't think they're going to necessarily make like a, a big enough move where any of those guys are, are to- totally impacted. And, you know, like Sam Hauser shouldn't feel angry if they do, because, you know, he hasn't been consistent enough and he's still got a bright future and all that, all those things. Um, I still think the most likely path is adding a guy through the buyout market and that doesn't disrupt with chemistry. And although history suggests that those guys rarely when they're not named PJ Brown impact winning. So uh, we'll see what happens in, in, in that regard. But um, I, I just don't know if there's anybody out there at the moment. And again, it's super early that they can go get that's better than what you've got, but you know, teams are get weird at the deadline and, people that I don't think are available are available. So, uh, so maybe my mind will change. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. The odds are firmly pointed in the, the buyout range and they do have the, the three point or $3 million to, you know, spend a little more than expected because of that Gallinari. Uh, well, so uh, that's it. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was, that's actually what I was going to ask you. Uh, do you think they trade any, would they consider trading Gallinari? See, though, so if you're talking about chemistry, I think that's a really big question for Brad Stevens there. Cause I mean, Gallinari, is he's been traveling with the team the whole time. It's crazy. Which is, which is which is like which is cool. And you know, obviously probably helps with his rehab and you know makes him feel like he's more a part of the team. And he always he has fans on that bench, clearly. But at the same time, he's not gonna contribute to this team. Right. This it's just not gonna it's nice that he's making probably they're, they're even if he is ready to give it a go in April or May, like you're it's one thing to give it a go, it's another thing to give it a go in the playoffs. Like you're not gonna they're not gonna find out in the second mm-hmm. round of a, of a pivotal game. And so, yeah, I think you have to be and, and it, like, you have to entertain that stuff because that is the way you can make a, a more meaningful impact right. to this team, the easiest way. And you have like, how much better was he going to be than Hauser next year? Like probably right. not all. So it's not like you're, you're risking anything now, but for the future by moving him. And so, yeah, I think, if you can get a notable name that's under contract for a couple of years and say, yeah, package Gallinari with one, maybe two yep. picks, and then really get like that final guy coming off mm-hmm. your bench that, and I think it almost falls into here, Chris. I don't know what the closing lineup is for this team is right Ooh. now because Brogdon with the starters in place of oh, White has been very been bad, 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 been very, very bad. And so if you look at that, be, and can you put your finger on why that is? Because, like, I can't wrap my head around. Yeah, the they play a lot of games together, but I feel like the defensive, they just haven't been good defensively. And right. And, and Brogdon's not as, Brogdon. And Brogdon is not nearly as, as good defensively as he was maybe advertised coming in. And, like, it, it's hard. I get it. Like, he's it's, it's different for him here. More switching. He's got to be kind of ready for that. And and maybe it's there's some reintegration. But I just thought with the size and, and you know, experience that he would be a little bit better on that end. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't quite wrap my head around why that, that, that group hasn't been good. Like, I mean, it's not, it's box not, out. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that too. Um, I, you know, I don't know. That, so that's a good question. Like, shouldn't Rob be closing if they right. get to that point, you know? And, and so I don't know because they didn't do a lot last year, right? Like, um, I think more often than not, you'll get Derek with, with that group, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's another little wrinkle in, in, in how they finish. And I guess. What was the last like close game in the fourth quarter that the Celtics had where they weren't getting their doors blown off or or or, or beating someone? I was looking like I think like when Damon Stoudemire was coaching, I want to say was it the, the the Clippers game? 
Yes, yes, yes. And so I think, and he actually had a nice little twist there where he, you know, he stuck with Rob for a while and then brought back Al for the last like 90 seconds of the game or two minutes yep. of the game when they got and got close and, and Al made a nice defensive play and made a shot. So like, I like that part of it where it's like, okay, if you're going to use Al, make sure he's fresh when you bring him back. Don't like, yeah. play him like the last eight minutes of the game. And then, but yeah, there's just no, the fact that we're halfway through the season and there's no clear cut solution there since like Wade, I feel like is a trick or treat situation. So yeah, like certain nights he's going to be good to close, but if he's not shooting confidently, then that's a, mm-hmm. that's a, a, a net negative. And then it's kind of, kind of the same situation with Brogdon right now. So I don't well, know. I- I think all like it, anytime someone asks me a question, I say it that doesn't have like an obvious answer. It, the answer is Rob Williams. So right, <laughs> so it's like give, so, so so give me crunch time, Lord, because yeah. like clearly clearly uh, he's he's the best pick of the bunch. And I, you know, again, I, I guess that that's the other thing is, is like the from the ten thousand foot view because we always sort of like get so caught up in the in the day to day. And you know, my biggest question is in general, what is the, the identity of your team? So. I think through the these first 38, 39 games, whatever it is, uh, this has been a team that has been a little bit of a, I hate to use the word finesse, but it feels like when the offense is clicking and like things are going well, that's when they have played their best basketball. And it's sort of like, uh, it looks good and all that. But the identity of last year's team was just, all right, we might we might be great offensively, but if we're not, we're just going to roll up our sleeves and be awesome on defense and be the number one defense and and really like take advantage of our switching and make you work and make you get frustrated and win games ugly if you have to. And I don't know if they've done that consistently this year, especially without Rob. And so, like, what are you going to be like? What is what what when we say like last year's team had an identity, gritty, not running from anybody, like. All those things. What will be the tagline for the 2022-23 Celtics? Is it going to be, hey, we were historic offense, but uh, defense wasn't as good as last season. Maybe that's fine. But I almost prefer, knowing the way playoff basketball unfolds, that they get back to being a little bit more like last year. And again, I think that's inexplicable. It's tied to Rob. Like it, it's just like if you're going to be a really good defense, it probably starts with finding a way to maximize him, whether that's at the start of game, the end of games, or you know, cobbling it together along the way. Yeah, and I feel like maybe the game in Dallas in the last last night defensively was the first time they kind of showed both sides of that in one game. Yeah, where it was like, yeah, they weren't hitting shots early, but the defense was there, the quality of shots were there, and then obviously things got rolling in the second half. And they kill still kept Luca on lockdown. And I mean, the Mavs shot like crap that game, but I think the defense was really good. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, same, same deal. Like, I mean, the, 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 I think whatever cleaning the glass was like the fourth percentile of effective field goal percentage for the Mavericks. Like, like just a criminally bad game. And the Celtics didn't generate a lot of steals in the first half. They weren't turning them over. It's just they dug in and consistently did it. And I mean, I can, can, just the way they were giving up second chance points and points off free throws in Oklahoma city was embarrassing. And then, you know, last night you showed a little bit better, but you got to do it. Like you got to do it on Saturday going up against a team that isn't as good when, especially when you got the Josh Richardson revenge game, Ooh. the Romeo, Romeo. revenge game, Look and out. now potentially the Noah Vonley revenge game, if he gets <laughs> down there in time. So uh, three different revenge possibilities scares the hell out of me with the Celtics team. They're going to start him and then wave immediately. In the, the game as, a, <laughs> as a play um all right let's take a quick break here to talk about our sponsor bet online which remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season you'll find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online 
which features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to betonline.ag. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's wrap up quickly here. Any other big, we, we talked about Rob. Do you have any other yeah. closing thoughts on the, the big Von Lee trade? Do we have any other? Uh... <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what, what else I'm hot on. You 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 uh you said that Derek White was inconsistent and that that kind of like cut my my antenna up. Do you are you offensively are you not... offensively inconsistent? He yeah, okay, no, that's like, fair. Yeah, that, I guess. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's got a plus eleven point six net rating. I think like good things yeah. happen when Derek White is out there. No, it's that's fair. He's when you're talking about the role players, he's probably as consistent among that group as anyone outside of like Smart at this point. But it feels like I don't know, in the past you know, month plus. I mean, he had that six or seven game stretch where he couldn't hit anything before the haircut. So right. it's like, I just think on a so more haircuts and more haircuts. Yeah. If you want a weekly haircuts, you're fine. <laughs> um, it is fascinating though. Do you feel like is Justin Jackson going to make the cut? Interesting. That's another um, really cool wild card. So again, if, if I felt like you needed some sort of three for one trade, I would be pondering whether it would be beneficial to have two open roster spots for a guy who doesn't play. And we get and, some 10-day guys in, in the meantime. Get some fun 10-day uh, get contracts. <laughs> God, people people do love 10-day 10 guy, 10, 10 guys. Mike, just bring up Fee from Maine and see what he can do if we're, if we're gonna if we're gonna go that route. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't and I don't feel if put it this way, if I was GM Brad, I wouldn't feel like an overwhelming urge to open another spot. If they're gonna make a trade. It's probably going to involve Gallo or Pritchard, and I don't see necessarily you bringing back multiple bodies. Like you're probably hunting one dude to fill out the bench, and at that point, you're probably still at 14 guys. So um, I don't. I I think maybe he survives. Like you know, I mean, look at look at the end of last year's roster, man. Like we had dudes just playing air guitar on the bench uh, and, and earning roles. So they're still in a much better position than they were last. And no, but no, and like now someone's going to slant that as I was slandering Malik Fitz. I actually thought like, that's important. Like, I think you need guys that are engaged. And I think, you know, again, Justin Jackson has a good relationship with these guys now, and, and it's perfectly fine if you ride it out with him and, you know, you're probably not going to have to break glass in terms of emergency there. So um, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's the worst thing if you just go forward with it, but uh, the one thing that does come into play is money. And, you know, like, look, they say $7 million by moving $2 million in salary. They could do pretty much the same thing. I don't, I'd have to look at the tax levels. I don't think they're going to dip between the, below that 20 to $25 million bracket of escalators. So, you know, probably not the end of the world if you don't make any other moves. Like you're not saving yourself going from three per, three times the penalty to three and a half times the penalty or whatever the crazy number is. Um, so yeah, my, that, uh, another long-winded way of saying, and I did not expect to spend 90 seconds on Justin Jackson here today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I would say probably less of a, of a priority now that you, you've made your move, but you do still have a, at least a, another million and a half. You could send someone to pay for his salary. So, um, you know, you just got to find, maybe the Spurs just keep taking on guys and they become Celtic South. It, that, that pipeline is open after uh, that opened up. Pop and Pop and Brad just like on speed dial at this the point. Watcher, like, yep. What is it like? Three or four trades yeah, now? Three or four, and... Yep, three, 
Kind of Definitely at least three right now. I'm trying to think what else I'm 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 like I'm I'm, I'm hot on with this team. I'm 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 thankful to do a podcast where we did not talk about MVP at any point, mm, yeah. um, which which is a nice nice thing. Uh, Grant, the did, did Grant like where's he been for a month? Yeah, that was uh that was pretty good timing for him to wake up and yeah. uh, that his holding out in that extension wasn't looking great for the last month, but uh, it's good to you need a, a reminder that he has that in him and right they're gonna need like okay you, you should be an option for crunch time lineups but you haven't really shown mm-hmm. yourself to be that and so that was a reminder last night of like okay that can that can i can solve a lot of problems for you guys and you know both the short and the long term if uh i keep playing like this i like it i like it we're, we're, we're so much i mean if you if, again when i was doing it on wednesday i was i was i was, I was scared to do a podcast like the post game on that <laughs> okc game uh, I joked that uh, I couldn't believe anyone pushed play. And then I get all these people who said, sent me their address from international spots around the world who were like, you said you'd mail a card to anybody that uh, listened to this podcast. And so now I have to write, like, <laughs> I have to write all these hand, handwritten letters. Uh, so shout out to anybody who, uh, who, who braved it. But yeah, a uh, lot more optimistic. Finish this trip well. Come home. Uh, oh, let's end on this because I don't know if you'll record before then. Uh, I, how are you feeling about the East as a uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn? Yeah, I'm excited for that matchup. I think that it's going to be, I don't know if I'm scared of them yet. Like we always knew they were talented, but I kind of want to see that, see how they look. Does, yeah. Is, is Durant a killer in that instinct and what happens with Kyrie? And that one's fascinating to me. That's the next circle on the calendar. That is. And all right, well, we will, we will stay tuned for that <laughs> six days from tonight, along with some, Pretty not interesting games in between there. So that's the one to circle there. Another Bulls game. Another Bulls game. Can't get enough. (laughs) Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston. Make sure you're checking out Celtics Talk Podcast. Um, Make sure you're checking out pre and post game live. And the thousand other great things he does. If they're winning. Only only, only if they're winning. (laughs) Only if they're winning. And he's not going to send you a postcard. So don't bother if you're listening to this podcast. So, all right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Rate, review, review, subscribe to the Living Place Pod. And we'll get back with you guys next week.